You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Okay. <clears throat> Hello again. My name is Kavi and I am here with Amoda Ma once again for another conversation. Hello, Amoda. Hello, Kavi. So, Amoda, um, in discussing what kind of subject matter we were going to dive into and explore, uh, it seemed quite fitting that because you <clears throat> currently have a um, a meditation series called the Tantra of Life running, which is, I know, a new venture for you, um, <clears throat> that it, it, it seemed like it might be uh, opportune to actually talk about what on earth Tantra might mean <laughs> in the context particularly of 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 what you're offering yeah of the teaching that's that's coming from you um so let's let's explore this this subject of tantra a little bit i know i want to ask you about because we talked about this before about the relationship if there is one between tantra and non-duality yeah so i'm going to be bear that in mind i'm going to be throwing that one at you later um obviously tantra like many of these um you know words used in the modern and and old i think spiritual idiom you know comes with a with a lot of baggage i think that's right that's fair to say i've got a dog harassing me here <laughs> <laughs> Is that Tantra? <laughs> yes, that is Tantra, Kavi. Yes, it is. Um, we're going to have to try and work with the dog. He might, he might settle down, I hope. Um, so look, uh, let's, let, let, let's dive into this little, a little bit. What I, the first thing I want to ask you, really, is, is Tantra a thing in the sense that is yoga a thing? Can we name it as a thing or is there some you know, something deeper. Should we go, you know, dive deeper than that? And before you jump into that, I want to proceed that with, we're not talking about the historical nature of Tantra. We're not talking about the, even its roots, although you might touch on that. So we're not, you know, for those people who, who might have seen the title and look for a, a kind of teaching of what is Tantra in, the, in that kind of sense, you're going to be disappointed. But at the same time, you might be, interested or enlivened by a kind of some you know some some something that arises in this conversation so i've rambled that's for sure um so over to you what is tantra is it a thing where are we going to go okay thank you kavi so i'm going to just um perhaps uh open up the conversation uh not in direct response to what is Tantra, I'll, I'll come to that, but really in response to you um, saying that we're not going to be providing a historical context for Tantra and all of that. Um, so just to say that my, I won't call it knowledge, but my experience of Tantra and my understanding of the tantric approach to life has come about through direct experience, not through knowledge. It is not something that I've uh, 
looked for as a path um, or as a way of accumulating um, you know, spiritual philosophy or spiritual knowledge. It's come about, and perhaps we can talk about it a bit later, so I won't go all the way into that now, but it's really come about, um, I would say accidentally, but I don't think there are any accidents in life, but it's it's come about, let's say, un, unbidden mm-hmm. <laughs> by the seeking self. And so I kind of found myself uh, immersed in a tantric, energetic experience um, in many ways. And so I found myself immersed in the deeper current of Tantra. And I think that's what we'll be unpacking here. So um, nothing historical, philosophical, um, and all of that. Um, Let's go back to your question. What is Tantra a thing? Well, because of what just, you know, what I've just said, um, that I didn't seek it as a thing, as a practice, as a philosophy, as a, you know, trophy of knowledge, um, then my deeper understanding or relationship to Tantra is that it is not a thing (laughs) Uh, and that the the Western mind um, loves to accumulate things So we see that with yoga. Yeah, yoga is also not a thing, but has very much become a thing in in the Western world. What we mean by a thing is a practice, a... Yeah, a method. A method, something that we do. Yeah, we do yoga. We can also do tantra. Um, There's a whole series of tantric practices. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was having sort of informal conversation with somebody the other day who, 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 when I mentioned that I was um, offering a series of tantric meditations, uh, told me he was a tantrika. And when I said it had nothing to do with, uh, with, practices and usually it's sexual practices to do with <clears throat> the the polarity of male and female um he looked quite dismayed um mm. i didn't go into what i meant by tantra but that's what we're exploring here mm, so it's yes, not a th- yes. yeah it's not a thing my 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 immersion into it my understanding of it is that it's not a thing we can make it a thing and then uh, we can do the practices, but still we're missing the deeper current that takes us beyond all things. Hmm. I mean, so it's not to uh, dismiss those, just to be clear, it's not to dismiss those, uh, <clears throat> let's say, practices, tantra or yoga or, or whatever meditation it is, because there is a there is a purpose in those things. They usually take us from really, in a way, point A to, to point B or to point Z, yeah, to heighten consciousness or to deepen consciousness or to give an experience uh, beyond the mundane, beyond the horizontality, as you and I like to talk about it. So, or to, to have a glimpse or to reach union, you know, in the case of Tantra and the sexual practices, either you know, to, to, to reach a state of union uh, beyond, as you say, beyond polarity. So it's not to dismiss those, but there's a conversation to be had beyond, beyond, beyond the beyond. Um, it's it, for you, as far as I understand it, what you, the way you're referring to it is more uh, an approach to life, not a mental approach. That's the nature of this conversation is not that it's a mental approach, not that it's a philosophy, although it has a philosophical uh, idea or possibility or notion to it, but actually it's it's in the living breathing of this approach to life. So maybe 
you know, you could, you, we could explore actually what is being pointed to by the tantric approach to life in your world or our world. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, all the, all the practices, all the meditations, all the uh, postures, all the, <laughs> whatever they are, techniques, methods are all designed to, to take you into that deeper current where all methods fall away. They're designed to take you to the beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's only the, the acquisitive mind that uh, stops short of that. So to put the practices into or the methods or the philosophy even into the context of, you know, what's the point, what we know, then that kind of shifts things. It, it, it hopefully um, softens the, the, the tendency to, to hold on to the, the practices <laughs> as the primary um point of it all yeah um they're really just a vehicle to to get you across the shore and and often uh an often practiced error as far as i can see (laughs) that you you know the boat that takes you to the shore is is not the thing Yes. At usually. some point you have to let you have to get off the boat and leave the boat behind and burn it or something because you've reached the shore that you were aiming for but actually you got so much out of being on the boat that you actually go backwards and forwards on the boat. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean there can be a lot of enjoyment or um attachment or yeah, uh, specialness, sense, yeah. yeah, sense of specialness in <clears throat> in uh, you know being in the boat, rowing the boat, um, <clears throat> navigating, uh, yeah, that we forget that the, the shore is, is, is waiting for us and there's no boat required there. Um, so having said all that, um, what direction shall we go in? I would like to know what the tantric uh, uh, approach to life is. Oh, okay. what is. Yes. What is this? I know we're going to talk about intimacy yeah we're going to talk about intimacy and we're not just going to talk about intimacy between human beings we are going to talk about the deepest level of intimacy with life because i know you're going to that's going to come up so i've already flagged that up because people are going to be interested in that i believe because it's it's deep it's challenging it's a challenging word for a star even between human beings let alone with life and this myriad of 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 insults and experiences and challenges and yeah hurts and pains and wounds and yada 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 so so talk to me about that yes good starting place it is about intimacy um that's why tantra uses the male female polarity of a sexual relationship as a microcosm of the the bigger intimacy that is what really Tantra is about. It's the intimacy with life. It's the intimacy with all energetic experiences. Um, everything that a human being can experience from the highest ecstasy to the, yeah, to the, you know, the peak, from the peaks of ecstasy to the, to the valleys of darkness, fear, uh, you know, desolation, whatever it might be that is so scary as, a, as an experience. Um, all of that, yeah, every single feeling, felt sense and energetic experience that a human being is capable of, the true meaning of Tantra is to be intimate with all of it. In other words, there's no avoidance, there's no rejection, there's no higher or lower. My my experience of, of Tantra that was 
what I call an energetic experience, yeah, beyond any uh, sort of traditional or conventional idea of what Tantra is, yeah, um, was uh, an immersion into the inner landscape of all felt senses from fear to abandonment to um, uh, ecstatic joy to uh, whatever uh, we could call it an emotion but it was kind of more than an emotion (laughs) in the sense that it wasn't about something Um, you know through certain tools of breath and movement, an inner landscape opened up that hadn't been in the forefront of consciousness or awareness or the felt sense. And in that energetic experience, I learned isn't the right word, but I was... Uh, it's almost like the self expands and merges into the totality of life without um, without contracting. If you like, Tantra is the end of contraction. <laughs> it's the end of the contractive self. It's the end of the boundary of self that says, I won't go there. This is acceptable, but this is not. I can feel this because I really want it. I covet it. I elevate it, but I reject this. It's the end of that boundary of self. That boundary is in the mind. It's also in the felt sense. There are feelings that we don't want to feel. Immersion into the the, the energetic field of tantra takes you beyond all that you're invited to to um soften the the grip of the self that says no i won't go there and in that one uh again i use the word learns but i don't mean it intellectually learns energetically learns to be okay with all energies. So it ends the fear of life. It ends the me against life or the me attempting to control life or the me attempting to grasp life. It's a very felt, energetic, visceral sense of letting go of resistance, of letting go of the no, yeah? And in that, there's a deep intimacy with everything, a deep intimacy, both with the human experience and the transcendent experience. There's no division. It's like a merging of self with the totality of existence. So you go beyond, you go beyond duality, To me, that's the ultimate aim of Tantra, is to go beyond duality. Duality is in us, (laughs) yeah, as the divided self that is in opposition. It's either in opposition or it's in agreement. It's in disagreement or it's in agreement. And that creates an inner um, conflict and also an inner yeah, like a wall, a boundary in ourselves that says, yes, this I will accept and this I won't. Yeah, Tantra goes beyond that. It ends all division. Okay. <clears throat> the, the, that's provoked probably about three or four days' worth of questions. <laughs> okay, so, um, I mean, in, as you're describing uh what obviously you know arose for you as a as a personal experience to, I, I want to look at that for for a minute but but 
but also as you're speaking you know what what you're describing is not so very different in many ways from non-duality it's not what you're describing is almost in in my the way the way i perceive it the wet what what one might call the wet version of non-duality do you know what i mean Uh, yes absolutely it's not it's the same it is non-duality and uh you know to me that was my uh experience of non-duality I didn't call it non-duality then because I didn't I I didn't I wasn't aware of that term um um, but but that is yeah that is non a non-dual experience the 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 subtle uh not difference but the subtle um yeah we can refine yeah, non-duality, it's this, ultimately it's the same. Yeah, it's the end of the divided state, which is what non-dual awakening, non-dual realization is. The only uh, proviso in that um, is that non-duality can remain, not always, but it can remain as uh, uh, an intellectual or a mental, yeah, a realization from the mind. Yeah, uh, a, a direct experience of awake awareness, but it doesn't always filter into the felt sense and the 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 whole body mind vehicle. Yeah, the body tends to be excluded. Yes, and tantra includes that. So, like you say, it's the wet side, the juicy side, mm. the 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 felt sense which is why many of the practices or the doorways, I prefer to call them doorways, many of the doorways uh, for this full embodied non-dual awakening is, which we might call tantra, is through physical practice. It's through the breath. It's through, um, uh, uh, like I say, the, the, the direct felt sense experience of a vast array or let's call it an infinite possibility of energetic uh, feeling emotional you know all the felt senses that a human being can have which non-duality tends to overlook um and also through relationship and and sexuality is is included in that the polarity of sex all of it is included in Tantra, which brings non-dual realization mm. right into the body and includes it rather than denies it. So it's a much more holistic, total experience, um, which, yeah, <laughs> to me is um, uh, more complete or more uh, valuable or more wholesome. So it's it, it it's almost like you know from from your perspective or from our perspective, non-duality needs the tantric approach, and actually the tantric approach also needs non-duality because tantric tant, the tantric approach sort of on its own can tend towards a, a a sort of in my humble opinion anyway a sort of indulgence and and an attachment to the boat as we said a little time ago. Whereas when it's framed and when it's held in a non in the non dual, those two things together can actually bring that that beautiful non dual awareness into the very fabric of our lives, because yes. that is something that we see, you and I see over and over and over again. Because we work with a lot of people, and a lot of people know a lot about non duality, but it's not in their day to day, the very fabric of their lives. And I, there's the rub: how to get it into the fabric of one's life yes both both um uh it's like the two sides of the same coin and uh one without the other isn't the complete picture and there is a a, a sort of danger or a stumbling block uh, or a blind spot on both sides of the coin so on with non-duality as you say it's the um negation of the body um 
or the felt sense. You know, when I say the body, I really mean the felt sense mm-hmm. um, and the and relationship or all relationships, the relationship with with every aspect of our lives. Um, yeah, not, none of it is uh, uh, not sacred. Everything is sacred. Everything is holy ground or fertile ground for uh, realizing uh, godness, God nature, Buddha nature in everything. Is that, um, is that, uh, sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but is that, is that a sort of, is that a perennial truth of, of, of the kind of a tantric way, way of life that everything is sacred, everything is divine? Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. And we can talk about that more, but let yes, me just I want finish to, yes. by by saying Sorry. so. So then, the on the other side of the coin, the 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 stumbling block or the blind spot is that, um, like you say, there is an indulgence because the practices are very physical. Um, they're very energetic. They can be ecstatic. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, dance, uh, uh, spontaneous, freeform, chaotic dance is also tantric. Sufi whirling is also tantric. Um, shaking meditation is also tantric. These are all, um, you know, through the gateway of the of the body, but actually it's beyond the body. It's an energetic gateway. Um, all of these uh, doorways can be very ecstatic, very expanded, very... Um, uh, you know, they, they awaken the heart, the vast heart, big heart. Um, and there can be uh, an attachment to that because it's so juicy, it's so joyful, it's so expanded, it's so liberating. Um, and so there can be an attachment or an indulgence in the repetition of the felt sense and then a dependency on that. And that goes all the way through to the sexual practices as Tantra is more conventionally understood. And there can also be a sort of addiction to that, if you like, that isn't seen. So both sides of the coin, the non-dual and the tantric, has a certain, um, if you like, limitation from the perspective of the limited self (laughs) yeah Uh, when we go beyond the limited self when there has been a true uh, awakening out of the boundary of self then uh, tantra and duality become one and all dependence on any ideology or on any methodology comes to an end and then you're truly living the tantric way or you're truly living the non-dual way but in a way that is both yeah they're not in opposition or different from each other yeah i think that you know as you're talking i think one of the 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 last step if you like is to give up all practices because in giving up all practices as as practices you know as as such as you're talking about um don't no longer sort of do whatever is written on the box. There's no need for practices, and that's the ultimate merging with life. Yes, and we can't give them up. No. They fall away. They fall away. On their own. Yeah. We can't really yeah. make the choice because any choice made from self, ah, now I'm ready to give this up, mm. Um really is coming from still the limited self. I know, but... but, but Eventually, it'll come back. So it it just has to fall away by itself. But when the fruit is is ripe, it falls from the tree. And that's that's a fair analogy for for what you're talking about. Absolutely. Because the the tree doesn't die. The fruit is gorgeous, yeah, has its function. and, And it's in harmony with... All things, yeah, it's been in harmony with nature. And I think that what I hear is that this is a, you know, both the non-dual and the tantric approach to the intimacy with life as where uh, non-dual awareness filters into the very, very fabric of one's life. Then eventually the, the fruit will fall from the tree, the fruit being the practices. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I want to ask what, what intimacy with life actually means and go deeper into that. I also want to ask, go back to what we said a minute ago, which is the divine, God in everything. Because I saw on your the advert or the, the, the event listing, you've, you've quoted Tagore again, in order to find God, you must welcome everything, which I know is in your first book. And uh, it's followed you around this, so it obviously resonates deeply in your in your circuitry, in your deep within you. And it's not just a, it's not an easy thing, you know. When I read that, when I heard that, it's the same as Krishnamurti. You know, Krishnamurti's the difference between you and I is that I don't mind what happens. This is a different thing, but it's very similar in a sense because it's a it's extraordinarily challenging to this to this to the self to the small self that that go, walks around in its righteous bubble. In order to find God, you must welcome everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> going, going back to um, our conversation just a little earlier, talking about, I think we touched on... Um, how I sort of fell into the tantric way or the deeper current of tantra and, and even the deeper current of non-duality. Mm. Um, long before I'd, I'd heard that term or, you know, it had come into my orbit um, because I wasn't really, although I was a spiritual seeker, I wasn't a spiritual seeker in, in quite the same way or with the same access <laughs> to terminology and teachings that, that are around today. Um, everything was much more hidden and non-duality had not become uh, a sort of almost everyday term, every day at least for the spiritual um, uh, arena. Um, uh, really my... My approach, if you like, or the doorway that opened for me um, as I was looking for happiness or looking for peace or looking for love, really, or, you know, looking from freedom from suffering, um, was, was, I don't mind what happens. <laughs> I, I, it was, um, the will well we we're going again in some ways a big circle to some of our previous podcast conversations <laughs> and many parts of my teaching which is surrender yeah surrender became my path because i saw that fighting uh with yeah the argument with life fighting with life resisting life ah. was the cause of suffering and when i say life and this is where where it gets sometimes confused. I don't mean just the circumstances, although it includes the circumstances because the circumstances are catalysts for our inner experience. But that's what I really mean. Our life is our inner experience. Mm. We might think it's because uh, of what he did to us of, or of what, um, you know, the partner that's left or the dog that's died or the job that's been lost or the bank account that's empty or whatever's happening in, in life. We, it, it's not, that's not the, um, that's not what we mean or what I mean by, I don't mind what happens. It's the feelings, the inner landscape that's opened up in response to those happenings it's that, and that's what we argue with, yeah? So we experience loss or we experience something unexpected, uh, something unwelcome um, from a minor <laughs> thing to a major thing to a, you know, a, a very uh, a hiccup in our landscape that takes us into um, – regret or uh, anger or sadness to something that's much 
uh, vaster than that, like a sense of desolation that lasts for a long time or abandonment or, or aloneness. And it's that inner landscape that we fight against, that we reject, that we try to numb ourselves from or deny or yeah, avoid in some way or suppress. Welcoming everything. In order to find God, you must welcome everything. Or, I don't mind what happens, <laughs> is in response to that. Yeah, to the inner landscape. And that's what I discovered for myself. And that's what my immersion into tantric energetic practices, it wasn't just that, um, mm. but it, it, it was in the bigger context of being in India, which in itself is a whole tantric experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, you, that's pretty true. Yeah, it takes you way beyond your comfort zone and, yeah, and, uh, yeah a whole other inner landscape. I mean, at least, again, in, 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 in the days when I was going there, it wasn't quite the 60s, but it was the early 90s, and it's, mm. maybe it's different now. I, I, I don't know. But that's my experience of it, as as it was yours, Cabby. But, you know, and then being in an ashram without knowing what I was doing there and all sorts of experiences, being on a beach on my own with absolutely nobody around in the dark, pitch black um, for days on end and being totally alone and many experiences that took me way beyond my comfort zone. I learned that any attempt, or I don't know if I learned, again, that's the wrong word, but I saw I started to see clearly. Mm. I started to see and feel in a much more acute or refined way than anything I had done before um, living my sort of semi-normal life in, in, in London. It wasn't quite normal. I was always outside the box. But still, um, <laughs> mm. um, I, I, I saw how my resistance to my internal landscape of fear, of terror, of shame, mm. of smallness, of whatever it was that was going on, of, of abandonment. The, the whole protective self. Yeah, yeah the whole of that it. was the cause of my suffering. That was the cause of my pain. But this takes a lot of, uh, to, to, to let go, to move beyond the protective uh, veneer of self, yeah, the coat that we wear, the armor that we, you know, that shields us, which is, you know, you, you, you had your fair share of wounding trauma and brokenness. And so you had a, you know, however fragile it was, you had a protective mechanism. It takes a lot. You know, most people are struggling with how to give up the protective mechanism. <sighs> Once again, it's <laughs> is this great? The analogy, the analogy <laughs> of the fruit on the tree. Well, in some ways, yes. You both have to have the tenacity to see what is the cause of your suffering, and nobody else can do that for you. But you also there's there's a ripeness in in the in the human soul. I can't account for that. There comes a time where the 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 tipping point of mm. uh, needing to protect yourself and actually being willing to die <laughs> if you like which because is what it you, feels you, like yeah it, it, there's no choice because I mean, there is went, a choice but you went you went right but i know you're a kind of misfit you know like me before if always should we say but you 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 must it must have been a, a gamble going to india in that way on your own just saying that's it you know it's it's like Wow, that's where that that that's the measure of something. Surely, I mean that is putting yourself in the position where grace can happen, because we yes. do. You know that is you have you haven't got any control over grace, of course, such as the nature of of what we call grace. But you can put yourself in positions where the self is 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 vulnerable. The protective mechanism yes. is vulnerable. It can swing either way because actually, you know, that is the gamble, surely. You know, it could be you you, you could have got into all sorts of trouble <laughs> on the physical level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I can't account for that. There comes a point where you listen to an, a deeper impulse. Um, I, I was in a, in, a, in a very painful situation uh, prior to going 
to India. Um, so in some ways I had nothing to lose. I mean, I could have lost my life, I suppose, um, being in quite exposed situations um, on my own. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a gamble I was willing to take. I didn't really think it through. It was an intuitive um, move that did open me up to the unknown. And and, and I, I grace yeah, does reveal itself in the unknown or it can do that opens the doorway it it opens the field I had no expectation I had no idea I just needed to go beyond a very painful situation that I was trapped in and I knew somewhere in me deep 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 down that there was no growth for me there was no evolution for me out of my um, uh, very codependent stuck a violent situation that I was in and and I had to somehow break away from that to to find myself yeah to find out who 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 I am I don't mean that in a non-dual sense but just to to break out of a very trapped situation and to feel my own energy um uh, and, and there was many ways of doing that. I could have gone to a Buddhist ashram in, in, in England, but I ended up, well, I did do that as well. But I, I also went to India and that opened up a whole other doorway. And it did take me deep into the the the, the field of surrender because I saw that resistance was futile. So when I came back to England, surrender became my, again, it, it didn't come from the intellect or any kind of philosophy, I'd experienced it viscerally. And I'd experienced the freedom that came, yes, as grace, uh, really, in in the very last portion of of being in India, it sort of almost descended on me, (laughs) it filtered, yeah, I, 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 I experienced a vast field of love that that held me not through any particular circumstance or relationship in fact none of that I was completely alone most of the time Um, but I just felt it in me something was liberated and I came back to England um, to my home in England and from that point on surrender was the way I didn't think about it that way, but I just knew it energetically. And it was through that constant willingness to uh, welcome the totality of my inner landscape, yeah, which still had many, um, you know, uh, let's call it darknesses in it or discomforts in it. But I, I was willing to, to be intimate with all of it. So I stopped resisting. And it's that that led to a non-dual awake, awakening. Um, and what I would say was a tantric way of life from that point on. Mm. Okay. Wow. So... When I speak about Tantra now, and it's actually not something that I've done very much (laughs) other than um, this more recent uh, seven-week meditation series that I've been offering, it's really from that point of view or that ground of of living or ground of being um, that... uh, uh, the the you know I don't even use the words divine really, but mm-hmm. there's not if we're going to use that word, um, I, I don't use it because it, it sets up a division between that which is divine and that which isn't divine. But truly, my uh, experience and my knowing and my living comes from the place that Godness is in everything, everything. There isn't any thing or any experience that is not um, 
that is not a part of or an expression of the totality, which I would call God. Yeah. Even if it appears to be, (laughs) yeah, because many things and experiences and events and expressions and manifestations appear to be uh, ungodly. And even that Mm. is is an expression of the totality. It can't Mm. be any other way. See, the, the... The mind will <clears throat> rail against that, of course, yeah, because the mind seeks uh, its life in division. So uh, immediately you were to say that, one would say from the mind perspective, no, I can't accept that. I cannot accept that the horror of the world is included in the godness. But I think, you know, that what you're talking about is is in this, in this kind of word totality is and I do see this in you, and I know you've, you've, you know, you've opened the door for me to dwell in this place as well, to actually live within the totality, as the totality, and for all things, all things. It can't be one thing that's separate. It's either all separate or all part of the totality. And I think that is, the, you know, that, that, that is what um this 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 tantric approach offers is this visceral sense because what i what i also believe somehow is that when people i know for myself it took a lot for me to cathart i i needed to cathart a lot of the pain a lot of the rigidity a lot of the protective mechanisms out of my system yeah i needed to bathe in in something beyond to let go of the of the of the fragile self and to be able to scream and for it not to matter not to matter whether i screamed whether i screamed you know and spewed out anything it didn't it didn't really matter and in 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 that then there was a relief i think there was a relief that actually i can let go of the small self and be held by something that I had no conceptual idea of. But when I fell into it, there it was. Yes. I mean, it's so (laughs) difficult, challenging for the mind to understand that even separation, (laughs) yeah, is an expression from the totality. And, you know, even the horror and the suffering of the world is an expression from the totality. It doesn't come from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, It's all born of the one and only the deepest realization of that allows us to respond to it in a way that is truly um, uh, intelligent or truly a movement of love. (laughs) Well, we're back to a conversation that we always come back and go round and round the same same, uh, conversations to take action in the world, to take action from the morally or the even the ethically divided self creates and perpetuates suffering. Mm-hmm. The heart must open, and for the heart to open, there must be, a, the, the, it has to open somehow, and it has to go deeper than the heart as well. So, and, and from that place, there's a, there's, a, there's a wholeness that is able to include or, or, or say, to speak to, or, you know, what, what the, that, that you're talking about. Sorry about that. I was stumbling around trying to get to the, the words because it's not a mental understanding. It's a visceral, it's a felt sense, but it's even more than just a felt sense. It's a field of consciousness. Yes. Yes. Just as you were speaking, I was... I was feeling that, you know, one of the 
biggest areas of resistance, uh, avoidance, uh, revulsion even, <laughs> um, uh, opposition <laughs> that we we have as as a as a generalized humanity is around the um, reality of death and that includes the reality of um, uh, shall I call it decay mm. yeah the end of all forms and that's um, because I was really thinking about how um, when we take action in the world or in our lives from a place of that shouldn't be happening, we're kind of revulsed by it. We're repelled by it, yeah? We're repelled by death. It's too scary or too unknown or too dark or it shouldn't be happening. It's such a bad thing, you know? It's like... The, the ultimate punishment or curse or something. And, and when we take action from that place, then it's not really imbued with um, love's intelligence. And so the tantric way, which is in order to find God, you must welcome everything, is not only the meeting you know, the intimacy with every aspect of life, but every aspect of life that includes death. Yeah. Mm. So Tantra has many meditations yes. <laughs> or contemplations, mm -hmm. which are to do with that. Mm -hmm. The end of the body, the decay of the body, the, the contemplation of death itself, being intimate with it as intimate as one can be in, in the um, <clears throat> inner landscape, because that's what the contemplation is. But that opens a whole field of, uh, fe you know, feeling around it. Yeah. Do we fear it? Do we, mm. uh, you know, believe it's wrong? Do we uh, find it distasteful? Are we, you know, and so on and so on. So does it make us feel very alone? Does it make us feel scared? Does it make us feel vulnerable? Um, and so on and so on. So, so all of it. And so when we're talking about meeting, being intimate with the world, only when we can be intimate with the reality of suffering, with the reality of violence, with the reality of death, in whichever shape or form it comes, a natural death or a seemingly unnatural death, only when we can become truly intimate with that and our inner landscape, our response to that, is there any opportunity to actually respond to what needs to be responded to in the world from uh, you know, a true place? not a divided place, mm. not a uh, need to, to get rid of place, but a need to take right action. So we're entering in a whole other conversation wow. here, I know. But <laughs> well, I <laughs> so know Tantra that... has valuable, yeah, you know, I'll just, Tantra, the tantric way is not a self-indulgent way. It mm. has true value for our relationship to the whole. Mm. Yes. I mean, that's why. I think I, that's why you've brought it to the surface, even even though it comes loaded with a whole bunch of, you know, ideas and misunderstandings and projections, you know, the, the, you know that it are inevitable with with something that that is so associated with primarily sex, yeah, because sex is 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 still, you know, has this quality and has historically had this quality of being somehow wrong, somehow dirty, somehow, you know, you know, filled, imbued with all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, when, 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 when it's just associated with that, actually, it's such a limitation. That was my experience. I haven't talked about Tantra for, for, for a very long time, and I'm not that interested in talking about it. And I think it's very brave of you to bring it into the surface and, you know, to, to, the, to the surface and actually to deconstruct 
once again, you know, some of the myths and ideas around it. Because actually, in essence, you and I live an entirely tantric life. Yes. It's, it's, and, it's, just, it's just ordinary tantra. Yes. Let me just backtrack a moment. I'm going to pick up on what you said about its focus on sex. Let's just bring that into context. And one of the reasons that there are practices, one of the reasons, there are other reasons, but one of the reasons there are practices to, around uh, the sexual interaction mm. or the sexual relationship, bringing awareness to it, bringing uh, totality, uh, uh, yeah, opening up or being intimate with the felt sense is, uh, is uh, because traditionally in the East where Tantra arose in, yeah, in the Eastern culture and in the uh, however many thousands of years it was that it arose, sex was seen to be something that you needed to hide, that was wrong, that was dirty, that was functional. Yeah? So in the same way as Tantra uh, brings contemplation to death, it also brought contemplation to sex. Yeah, to bring it out of the, the, the sort of backwaters uh, of unconsciousness into consciousness. And the reason that it's become so much the conventional view of Tantra today is that in the West we've hijacked those practices and so it becomes about um, the, the indulgence in the, the, the sexual senses and the sexual ecstasy but its original um, uh, inclusion of that was because sex was so hidden in the, uh, the in that historical uh, culture uh, you know in that age um, uh, where it wasn't uh, it wasn't uh, sort of brought into the open it wasn't in the same way <laughs> it wasn't as liberated as it is in the west so it was yeah so that's where it gets all confused yeah that's where it gets all mixed up um as for you and me in the tantric way yes we live a tantric way naturally organically um there's a deep intimacy within the everyday experience Nothing is avoided. Nothing is denied. Um, yeah, we're, that completely transforms the nature of everyday life and the nature of relationship. Yes, I think because you know. So, so in the in the in the final minutes that we've got, I kind of sort of want to bring it down to to earth a little bit because there's been a lot of talk in a way about the tantric way and the you know, the, the sort of you know, dismissal somehow of practices. But <sighs> given that, that, it's, that it's actually a visceral thing and not just an intellectual exercise, well, what then? <laughs> We're stuck. You know, people who are trying to, wanting to explore or find out yeah, I know we can get to talk about your meditation course, but that's not what I'm kind of pointing to, really. What I'm trying to say is, well, how? How, how, are people, how is somebody who's listening to this going to get a visceral taste, a visceral sense? Either right now or when we put the phone down, when the podcast is over or, or tonight, you know, yeah, because it's the juice, it's the taste that actually makes people want to eat the cake. It's the taste of it. This is, you know, uh, yeah. because I, yeah, yes. I, I, well, want, I want to uh, offer something. I want to give give something. I know in your in your in your meditation series that the first the first meditation, and we're on the second th third one now. And the first one was about the breath, and that is a very important quality to bring to it. Whether you want to talk about that as a thing, or 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 something else. I'm I'm going to go straight to um, this doorway of taste <laughs> yeah I mean breath is definitely uh, a doorway to intimacy with what is but something even more in some ways direct or more uh, 
down to earth, uh, more accessible and uh, yeah, more yeah, reachable right now is taste. Every single human being can slow right down and have a tantric, intimate love affair with whatever is on their plate. To slow right down and to feel every morsel of food, yeah? Mostly food is shoveled into the mouth, yeah? It bypasses the... It bypasses awareness. It bypasses awareness. It bypasses true taste. It bypasses true assimilation. It bypasses the very intimacy that it offers. Um, so one way is just to put a very small amount of food on your plate. Yeah, not a big heap of stuff, something very small, and to eat it very slowly and to taste it and smell it and merge with it and let it linger. And you could even do this with your eyes closed so that you're not pulled by the, yeah, the desire to shovel it into your mouth. Yeah, to slow right down and bypass, not bypass in an unhealthy way, but to go beyond the addictive mechanism, <laughs> yeah, which is the seeking of comfort from food or the alleviation of the discomfort of seeming hunger, which I doubt whether many Western people are really hungry <laughs> and so on and so on. You have a love affair with each mouthful. This is something that each of us can do. And food transforms from being something to, to uh, satisfy the addictive mechanism uh, or, or, or satisfy just a biological mechanism of the need for food or satisfy the mind uh, because it's bored or it needs, yeah. Um, but starts to become true nourishment, true nourishment on a whole other level. It starts to refine itself, transmute itself, and the whole system has a relationship with it. This is a wonderful way to start being intimate, <laughs> yeah, with the direct experience of, of life itself, yeah? Form, meeting form, but going beyond form, yeah? And it's a very accessible, easy practice. In fact, it was one of the yes. <laughs> main uh, so-called experiments, let's call it, that I was invited into in my time in India. Mm. And it changed. Well, when we, when, yeah, when we did... Uh, we did some tantric work, shall we call it, many, many, many years ago. And part of that was was eating. Yes. Part of that was feeding each other and actually, yeah, doing the same thing. So yes. we can do that for ourselves very easily. And I, and 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 I know how challenging it can be because we do eat with an unconsciousness and we do eat with a, a, a mechanism that we're unaware of that's playing itself out. And so, you know, if we slow down and say, mm -mm, not today, we're going to do it like this. It can, it can actually provoke fear. It can bring up shame. It can provoke anger. It can, you know, all of these kind of things, and they have to be welcome as well. Yeah, they're welcome to the party. Yeah, they don't to see how one's unconscious mechanism is playing out, which is part yeah. of the non-dual inquiry, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a kind of purification of the addictive mechanism the addictive mechanism of ego that seeks gratification. And so it's a very direct way of experiencing that and transforming that. Mm. Yes, because uh, on, a, on, on a recent training that we did, we, I remember you, you know, drawing attention to this, 
very thing. How does it taste? How does it taste? And people hadn't really thought about that. How does your experience taste? How does this moment taste? Are you tasting it or are you completely unaware of it? And so yes. it is. And so it is. Take that food, whatever it is. It can be anything. Yeah. Whatever food it is. And, and be conscious of it, of, of it coming into the mouth, into the system, into the organism, into the, yes. yeah. It's like opening up all the senses, the sights, the smell, the taste, everything, whether it's a cup of tea or, a, or a, anything. And it's not about self-indulgence. It's not about getting lost in it. It's, by being, it's about being very sensitive to the energy, to the energetic experience. Okay, well, well we're, we're, we're going to have to uh, draw this to a close. I, uh, once again, I feel that, you know, we've scraped the surface a little bit and floundered around, and I thank you very much for your, uh, for your sharp awareness left my own devices i'd probably amble into all sorts of different terrains but i thank you Amoda, and um and and thanks to people for listening and i hope this was of some use and maybe we'll touch on some thread of this again and see where it takes us thank any you, fi- any any final words or are you are you ready f- to finish now i'll see you in the kitchen <laughs> 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 or somewhere <laughs> well, so i'll see you in the tantric kitchen <laughs> all right people thank you so much for uh for 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 listening um please subscribe to the podcast and um uh if you enjoy it and uh we'll see you again soon okay take care okay. bye-bye bye